In your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 50? Isaiah chapter 50 this morning. We're going to focus our attention on one verse primarily. Verse number 10 here in Isaiah chapter 50. As we look at a message that I've titled this morning, Sometimes the Darkness is Necessary. Sometimes the Darkness is Necessary. Isaiah chapter 50. Now this chapter, which we'll touch on elements of, is in many ways a messianic messianic chapter. It describes a lot of the sufferings that Christ would endure uh, leading up to the cross, upon the cross, and just all that he would go through for the punishment of our sin. And we'll touch on just the suffering he endured in the darkness that he went through for us. Now, one of the hymns we just sang was written by a man who had gone through a terrible season of darkness. The song, He Keeps Me Singing, is it really a joy-filled song of praise that begins with these words, There is within my heart a melody, Jesus whispers sweet and low. And when you really think about all the words to that song, you can't help but have your heart lifted with joy. And even though you'd never notice it in the words to that song, but the man who wrote both the words and the music, Luther Bridgers, wrote it after a terrible season of darkness in his own life. Luther Bridgers was a pastor and evangelist who traveled all throughout the southern United States of America. He would lead revival meetings in numerous states across the southern portions of this country. And it was reported that he wrote that song, He Keeps Me Singing following the death of his wife and their three children who died in a house fire while visiting his in-laws. It is incredibly wonderful to speak about the light of God and the joy that we as Christians get from walking in harmony with the Lord and enjoying the daily presence with him. But the fact remains that there are occasions where the lights appear to go out And where everything seemed to be going good and everything seems now to be going bad. Your walk with God could have been as strong as ever. You maybe were spending daily time reading God's word, spending daily time praying with the Lord. And then all of a sudden, with no warning, the lights go out, almost as if God flipped the switch and decided that you were enjoying too much of his light, too much of his presence, and too much of his fellowship that you need to be in the darkness for a while. Now the questions that we find ourselves asking at times like that, when the lights are on and everything seems to be going good, and then all of a sudden the lights go out, we ask ourselves, does this mean that I'm out of fellowship with God? Is God displeased with me for maybe something that I have done? Have I done something to take me out of the fellowship of God and thus bring me into this period of darkness? Now, these may be some of the typical questions we ask, but maybe let me suggest another question that we can ask when the lights go out. God, is there something that you're going to teach me in this darkness? Last week, we spoke about walking in the light of God's fellowship and the opposite of that, which is walking in darkness, as it's described in 1 John chapter 1. We mentioned that unconfessed sin is generally the root cause leading believers to be walking in darkness instead of walking in the light of God. Now this morning, I'd like to speak to you about a different type of darkness. Not the darkness of lost fellowship with God, which happens with unconfessed sin comes into the life of a believer. 
but the darkness that God allows believers to go through who are living as they should. What we will find is that sometimes the darkness is necessary. As trying as it may be when the darkness surrounds us, when the light seems to go off, we as Christians must be reassured that the Lord is always with us. We have endless testimonies from saints of all ages who were plunged into the depths of darkness, but found that God was still with them in that darkness, just as he was with them when they were in the light. And I want to look at this passage here in Isaiah chapter 50. And I want to understand how that God uses darkness to draw his children closer to him. I've had people ask these questions. What did I do to deserve this? Why did God allow this to happen to me? And these are completely natural questions for us to ask as we try to make sense of everything, especially when things go from good to bad and from light to darkness. The truth is, though, that the why of a particular affliction is not always easily discovered. And in some cases, the why is never found out. The reason is that the question of why is not for us to ask in the first place. Because the why only belongs to God. The better question we need to be asking during the times of distress is, how? How, God, are you going to be working on me? Lord, how shall I respond to these circumstances which seem to make no sense to me whatsoever? This is the question of faith. Because asking this question, how should I respond to this situation, Lord? This shows that you're leaving the why up to God. You're leaving it all up to him to know why it's happening. Maybe you never find out about it. And you're trusting that God is going to be with you throughout the entire period of darkness. Now, it's not fun to admit. But the truth is that Christians are often left in the dark when it comes to understanding our own present circumstances. You may be here this morning and maybe you're dealing with a present darkness. Maybe you're dealing with a financial disaster. Maybe you're dealing with a broken heart because of maybe a broken home. Maybe you're dealing with a health crisis. You just received some news that you were hoping not to have received. Maybe there's a whole host of any other issues that have left you wondering why, God, is this happening? What did I do to deserve this? Even when we know better, the first question that usually comes to mind in a time of distress is, Why, God? Why this? Why now? I can't tell you how many times I've counseled people not to ask the question, Why? But to ask, How can you use me? How are you going to use me? How should I respond to this? Only to find myself asking that same question, Why, God, when calamities are facing me? It seems to be the natural human response. But the more we learn about God and the closer that we grow to him, the more we will find ourselves quickly shifting from asking why God to how now, Lord, shall I respond? Why can be the very toughest question to answer, and that is why it's only reserved for God. So many times I've sat across people wishing I could answer that question for them. Why God allowed all of these situations to come? 
knowing that maybe if I could know the answer to that question why, I might be able to ease their pain a little bit, settle it in their minds why it's happening, why they're going through this. But often such knowledge is too great for us. So while I might not be able to answer that question why, to all of your problems, to all of your afflictions, let me offer you five observations that will help find your way back out of the despair and the discouragement when the lights go out. First of all, we see that the most committed Christians often face the deepest darkness. The most committed Christians often face the deepest darkness. Now, I've probably just committed most of you to be even less committed than what you already are. Right? The most committed Christians often will face the hardest hardships, the deepest darkness. So you're thinking, well, that's done for me. Don't expect me to see me next week because you've just convinced me not to be as committed. Let me get this straight. You're telling me that the more I'm committed to God, the more I should expect to face hardships. It's not exactly the best sales pitch, is it, right? Please come join Christianity. Dive headfirst into this. Get your hands dirty. Get your feet wet. Let's get right into this. Oh, and by the way, expect it to get really rough. Rougher than what you've ever seen before. Not the best sales pitch. I'll admit that. But it is one of the greatest paradoxes of the Christian life that those Christians who are the most committed to Christ, the most committed to God, can generally expect to go through some of the greatest trials. Committed Christians have learned that walking with God and obeying the word of God does not bring an immunity from trials. What is equally true is that those same Christians have found that the Lord, though, was with them in the midst of all those trials. And there were great and tremendous lessons for them to learn out of those trials. Your Bibles are open to Isaiah chapter 50. We're going to look at, again, primarily one verse this morning. And we're going to see how the Bible offers believers wise counsel during these times of darkness. And again, Read through Isaiah chapter 50 on your own. It's 11 verses. You'll see just how this is a messianic chapter here that describes so much of the sufferings that Christ would endure. But notice, first of all, what we see here in verse number 10. Isaiah 50 verse 10. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. You read this verse and it almost doesn't seem to make sense. It almost seems as if we're reading this wrong. Because it starts off by saying, Who among you is living as you should live? Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant? That's what every Christian should be doing, right? That should be said of every single believer. That they are fearing the Lord and obeying the voice of, his, of the Lord. So this is starting off right, right? This is what we should be doing. But then it's, it goes on to say, Who among you is living as you should in the sight of the Lord and still experiencing affliction? The two don't seem to go hand in hand. They, they shouldn't seem to go hand in hand. Walking in obedience to God 
and experiencing affliction seem to be two thoughts, two separate thoughts that should never appear in the same sentence. And the reason we feel this way is because this is what the worldly wisdom has told us to believe. When you're doing what you should be doing, you're going to experience nothing but smooth sailing. Problem-free life accompanies the godly life. Problems come only as a result of you wandering from the path, from you wandering from what you should be doing, straying from what you should be doing. But the moment you right the ship, all will be well again. This is the idea that we're taught in the world. Not in the word, but out in the world. Which has even creeped, sadly, into so many churches. But the Bible actually teaches a contrary truth. Though it may not make sense to us what we read here. Walking in obedience to God and to his word and experiencing hardships, these are married. These two ideas go hand in hand. And this is exactly what Isaiah 50 verse 10 is telling us. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. He's not talking about someone that's not doing what he should be doing. He's talking about the one who's doing what he should be doing and still going through affliction, still walking in darkness. Remember that the darkness that we're speaking of here is different from the darkness that we spoke of last week in 1 John chapter 1, which refers to the believers who are out of fellowship with God. This is the believer who is in fellowship with God, who is obeying, who is listening, who is intently focused on following after God. He's doing what the committed Christian of 1 John 1, 9 should be doing, confessing his sins. He is living the right way. And yet, it says, he is still finding himself in darkness with no light. Doesn't seem to make sense. This is not a Christian who has stumbled into sin, who is harboring unconfessed sin in his life. This is the Christian who is deeply committed to God, experiencing wonderful fellowship with God. And then out of nowhere, like that, light, is, light flip is switched and the lights go out. What we need to understand is that days of darkness are not out of the ordinary for committed Christians. No matter how close we're walking with the Lord, it is not always sunshine and roses. Sometimes it is overcast and it is stormy. Just because you're saved doesn't mean that you are going to waltz through life all the way to heaven. There will be many rough stretches. There will be periods of darkness that you will have to go through. But the operative word is through. They will not be your end. They will be what you pass through. Those periods of darkness will not be where you're stuck in forever. God will walk you through them, but you will have to go through them. But even when we accept this as a reality, it still leaves us scratching our heads and wondering, why? Why? When hardships especially hit us close to home. When the lights go out and God seems to be silent. We're often left trying to make sense of everything. What just happened here? Because everything seemed to be going good. I was doing as I should. I was reading my word. I was hearing God speak to me through his word. I was enjoying regular prayer time with him. And then out of nowhere, it seems as if he's just cut everything off between him and I. What happened? What is going on? How did it come to this? What did I do? Why am I dealing with this? I suppose one comforting thought 
is that when faced with the darkness, we know that such circumstances are not unique to us. Think about Job, who went through a long period of darkness. And as much as he asked why, that question was never answered. He lost everything of value to him, even cried out in Job 19, verse 8. He hath fenced up my way that I cannot pass, and he hath set darkness in my paths. Look at any of the prophets, and you will find men of God who experience serious times of affliction upon affliction, all while they're doing what they should be doing. They're living in obedience to God's will and to God's call. The prophet Jeremiah is widely known as being the weeping prophet. He struggled to deliver God's message to a rebellious people because he cared more about the souls of the people than they cared about their own. He cried out in Jeremiah 9 verse 1, Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. In the New Testament, we have John the Baptist who was thrown in prison simply for proclaiming the word of God, the coming Messiah. And it didn't make sense to him when he was in prison that Jesus could do miracles. And yet he, John the Baptist, stuck in prison at the same time. He couldn't make sense of it all. And he even asks, and in Matthew 11, verse 3, about Jesus, he says, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? John the Baptist forgot in the darkness what he had remembered in the light. Even the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, he says, We are, are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, again, not knowing why, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. A few chapters earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 8, he said that the troubles became so intense, he says, insomuch that we despaired of life. The examples that we have in Scripture are endless. Whether they're in Scripture, whether they are throughout history of Christians who walked in deepest of darkness. So if you find yourself walking in darkness, if you find yourself where the light seemed to go out, even though you're doing as you should be doing in your own walk with the Lord, just know that you are walking where many feet have already trod. And that the darkness doesn't necessarily mean that you are out of fellowship with God or even out of the will of God. Isaiah 50 verse 10 very clearly shows that this specific person is walking in darkness is one who fears and obeys the Lord. The most committed Christians often face the deepest darkness. But second, I want you to see how faith often grows the greatest in the darkness. Faith often grows the greatest in the darkness. Notice again what it says here in verse number 10 of Isaiah chapter 50. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Faith often grows the greatest in the darkness. One of the reasons why God either leads us into the darkness or allows us to go through the darkness is because he has something he's going to teach us. 
It is in the darkness that we're forced to realize our utter helplessness and learn to trust the Lord and lean upon him for help in a way that we would never do when the lights are on, when everything is easy. And this is actually pretty easy to test. I want to just hit the pause button for a moment. I want you to think about your own Christian life. I want you to think about when you personally felt the Lord increasing your faith the most. Regardless of the individual, I can almost guarantee that most of us experience the most most growth in our Christian life during the most trying moments of our lives. It's not just that there's no growth during the happy moments, during the exciting and sunshine-filled moments of life, but it just so happens that the Lord increases our faith in Him the greatest during those periods of darkness. In the middle of, in the, middle of the night, when we cannot sleep because our heart is heavy over a wayward child, a bad report from the doctor, a family issue that we've been dealing with, a financial crisis that we have no idea how we're going to overcome, uncertainty about the future, whatever it may be, these are generally the moments where the Lord increases our faith the most as we're looking out to him. The reason for growing in the darkness greater than in the light is due to the fact that we are forced to acknowledge that we cannot see anything in the darkness. And we absolutely need the Lord's help to navigate through that darkness. Human nature is such that if we never face difficulties, few of us would ever have the motivation to pursue God at all costs. It is no secret that God wants us to develop and to increase our faith in Him. And He knows that the greatest way to do this is to allow us to face the darkness. A wise man once said that we should never doubt in the darkness what we have learned in the light. When we're walking with the Lord and we find ourselves going through a period of darkness, as Isaiah 50 verse 10 kind of points out, start looking at it as God's school of faith. God is putting you through school again. God is testing you. God is causing you to learn something more. He is increasing your faith and teaching you lessons that will become even clearer once he brings you through the darkness to the light again. God will allow you to go through the darkness to show you who you really are. The real test of your faith is for you to see how you act and how you respond in those periods of darkness. Now, it's easy to sing God's praises and to testify of all of God's goodness in your life when the money is flowing, when the health is good, when your relationships are all perfect, the family is all doing good, and everything in life is looking up. Anyone can do that. But when the light quickly turns to darkness and everything that was looking up suddenly is not looking so good, that is when you discover what your faith is really looks like. That is where you find out where your trust really lies. How you respond when the lights first go out will say a lot about your level of faith in God. So what should we do when the lights first go out? How should we respond when things first go from good to bad? How could we make sure that our faith really will grow the greatest in the darkness? 
Let me offer three suggestions from Isaiah 50, verse 10. Again, it says, Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. First, look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. When the darkness first comes, when the lights first go out, the first thing you should do as a believer in God is to look to the Lord. The question is asked here in the first part of this verse, Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? That's the question. And the answer is immediately given. If there any of you find yourself in the situation where you're walking with the Lord, where you're doing as you should be doing, and yet you're not in the light, and you find yourself walking in darkness, here's what you should be doing. It says, let him trust in the name of the Lord. Look to the Lord. Author Warren Wiersbe has said, we live by promises and not by explanations. We don't get the why. But we have the promise of God that he's going to be there through all the darkness. So when the lights go out and you're faced with nothing but darkness and you can't see your way, know that you as a child of God are never alone. Look to him. Not everything is going to make sense to you. But just because things don't make sense doesn't mean that they don't make sense to God. And just because things don't make sense to us, to, to us today doesn't mean that things won't make sense to us tomorrow. The more we try to make sense of the darkness, the further we get from understanding God's purpose. Our faith is only increased when our reasoning and our explanations can come to an end. When we stop trying to figure everything out and we just look to the Lord, then our faith begins to increase. Because then we can finally get out of our own way and allow the Lord to do the necessary work he's going to do to us and in us and through us in that darkness. So when the darkness first comes, look to the Lord. Second, obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Notice again what it says here in verse number 10. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth, obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. The person who is walking in darkness is obedient to the Lord. Even though the lights may go out, even though all the sunshine-filled days may become overcast and stormy, don't stop obeying the Lord. Even when the darkness closes in, don't stop obeying what you know to be the will of God for your life. Stay in the Word. Keep praying. Don't allow your circumstances to dictate whether or not you will be in the right frame of mind to read God's word or to pray. In times of distress, people have often expressed that, well, I'm not in the right frame of mind to pray. I would beg to differ. When you feel like it's not the right time to pray or not the right time to be in the word, I would actually say that it is the exact time to pray, that it is the exact time to be in the word because that's when you need him the most. We get into this mindset, well, I need to get into the right frame of mind to pray. I need to get into the right frame of mind to be in the word of God. I need to be in the right frame of mind before I can come to church. Well, that's like waiting until you're done bleeding before you go to the hospital. 
God's the one who's going to help you get in the right frame of mind. God's the one who's going to set things right in your life to get you to where you need to be. You're not going to get there on your own. You're not going to get there with time passing. God's the one who's going to be the remedy for that. Stop getting in your own way and obey the Lord like you were doing when the life was going good. Some of us think that we have to wait. We have to wait for the exact time to pray. before we can ever resume and experience that fellowship with God again. But this couldn't be further from the truth. The darkness is not an excuse for our lack of obedience. It is a test of our obedience. Now, it's easy to obey when when life is going good, but when the pressure is turned up and life gets difficult, will we then also respond in obedience? It is in the periods of darkness that we need to be obedient the most, not that we have an excuse to be lazy during the good times, but for our own spiritual growth and for our own comfort. It is imperative that we are obedient in the darkness. So don't stop reading the Bible and certainly don't stop praying. Just keep obeying the Lord. Now with that, keep on witnessing as well. Well, I don't, I don't, not in the right frame of mind to witness. You have no idea what I've just been through. I, I can't do that right now. Keep witnessing. This can be incredibly tough, especially when you're not feeling the best. But God can use you in powerful ways through the darkness to be an incredible witness to those that he brings in your life. Even if you're not seeing the response from those around you, you keep witnessing. Don't stop serving the Lord and his people because the Lord may have brought you to a season of darkness and that's not an excuse to stop. Don't stop giving to the Lord when the darkness hits either. I've had people share with me that because of a financial crisis they were experiencing, they were going to hold off giving to the Lord for a few months until they could get back on track, until they could get back to normal. Then they would give back to the church again. But they wanted to let me know. Pastor, we just want to let you know because, you know, in case you don't see the tithe check coming in every single week, this is why. As if I'm supposed to bless that. Oh, of course. Take as much time as you want. They're not robbing me. But I had to push this couple a little bit. I asked them, I said, who do you think is going to provide for you until things get back to normal? If you ever get back to normal. And they looked at me and said, well, God. I think both of them knew where I was going at this point. So I said, if God is going to provide for you out of his unlimited bounty, do you really think it is wise to withhold from him from the limited supplies you have right now? Is it really evidencing faith In his hand to provide for you, if you're not willing also to give back to him out of the abundance with what he has blessed you with. A month later, I met with this couple again, only to find out that normal was never restored. Instead, God rewarded their faithfulness and just blew right past what normal was and brought them through the darkness and increased what their financial status was, was before. Financial darkness terrified them. But as they kept their focus on God and remained obedient, 
God brought them through the darkness and gave them much increased financial stability. Now, that's not always the case for everyone. But the more we are obedient to God in the darkness, the quicker he will lead us back into the light. And third, lean on the Lord. Lean on the Lord. Notice Isaiah 50 verse 10 again. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. That last phrase, stay upon his God. This refers to leaning upon the Lord. Allow the Lord to be your support. It is far better for us to lean upon the Lord in the dark valley than to be on a sunlit mountain without him. We may not always understand why our circumstances change the way they do, but our relationship with God is more important than any list of reasons that we can come up with. God may never give us the why so that we can only concentrate on the who. And in all honesty, even if the Lord answered the why for us, it probably still wouldn't be enough for us. That's the reason? Are you sure there's not something else? Or we wouldn't be able to understand it. So rather than God giving us the answer that we probably wouldn't be able to understand or wouldn't be satisfied with, he does something better for us. He gives us himself. No matter how dark life may get, as believers we know that the Lord is always there with us. Darkness has a way of hiding things, but as long as we're fearing and obeying the Lord, even the darkness cannot separate us from him. Most Christians believe that God is necessary. But many times God allows us to see and to go through the darkness for us to learn that he is not only necessary, but is actually everything we need. Someone has said that you will never learn that God is everything you need until God is all that you have. So I think God allows us to go through the darkness for us to see nothing but him. Because he knows that faith often grows the greatest in the darkness. Third, Some things are only seen in the darkness. Some things are only seen in the darkness. When you go from being in a well-lit room into a room that is completely dark, you can see nothing. There's a few moments where there is nothing but black. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. It's so dark. But after a few moments, your eyes begin to adjust. And there are some things that you can see even in the darkness. The Lord said in a few chapters back, Isaiah 45, verse 3, he said this, And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. God is telling us here that he has storehouses of blessings for us to behold. But in many cases, our greatest treasures are only discovered in the darkness. So darkness is not always bad. In fact, it is one of the ways that God teaches us the clearest. As we were walking home this past Wednesday night from prayer meeting, the kids were noticing all the stars that were up in the night sky. Stars don't come out at night. You knew this, right? We kind of say that, don't we? Oh, look at all the stars that are out tonight. They've been there the entire day. It's just now that the darkness is out, the darkness has revealed that the stars are there. The darkness may hide that which is close. 
but it has a way of revealing that which is farther away. We may be able to see clearer in the daytime, but we can see further at night. In the light, you may have some of your brightest thoughts. In the darkness, you may have some of your deepest thoughts. If you find yourself in the darkness, don't run and try to find your own light. Keep your focus on obeying God until he adjusts your sight to see what it is that he's doing for you in that darkness. Point number four, it is better to stay with God in the darkness than to stand alone in a man-made light. It is better to stay with God in the darkness than to stand alone in man-made light. Because many Christians fail to see the darkness may actually be good. They do everything they can to try and get themselves out of it. These solemn words from verse 11, the very next verse here in Isaiah chapter 50, they serve as a warning for those who seek to make their own way out of darkness when God has other plans for us. Notice what we read there in verse number 11 of Isaiah chapter 50. Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks that ye have kindled. This shall ye have of mine hand. Ye shall lie down in sorrow. It is better to stay with God in the darkness than to stand alone in man-made light. Anytime we venture away from the path that God has set before us, darkness or not, we will always bring sorrow upon ourselves. We cannot forget that it is God that makes the darkness. As Isaiah 50 verse 3 says, I clothe the heavens with blackness and I make sackcloth their covering. Therefore, we have nothing to fear if we are living with the fear of God and obedience to God and he brings the darkness to our lives. It's part of God's process to teach us. There must be a lesson for us out of that darkness. This is why we must be careful about trying to light our own fires and to try to get ourselves out of the darkness on our own. God obviously has a purpose for the darkness and to try to prematurely get ourselves out of the darkness will actually prove detrimental to our own spiritual cause. Abraham tried this when God promised him and Sarah that they would have a son. Well, the years went by, and Abraham's looking at himself, he's looking at his wife, he's thinking, you know what, God, I think I need to help you along here. We're experiencing quite a long period, a stretch of darkness here, that in order to get to the light, I'm going to have to force your hand here. And we know that that not end very well. He took matters into his own hands and Abraham made a mess of a situation because instead of allowing God to lead him out of that darkness, he created his own man-made light. Peter did the same thing when in the garden he went and he cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. Just hours prior to that encounter, Peter was proudly boasting to Jesus that he was not only willing to go to prison with him, but he would go and die with Jesus as well. And now when the enemy comes, he says, not a chance. Where was that Peter from a few hours ago? Willing to die, willing to go to prison, willing to suffer for Jesus. And now he says, no way this is happening. I'm taking matters into my own hands. I'm creating my own man-made light. And we're going to get out of this darkness back to where we need to be. It was indeed a, a dark night for Peter because it wouldn't just end there. As he would go on to deny Christ three times that night. He found... Isaiah 50, verse 11, very true. 
as he lied down in great sorrow and he wept bitterly that night. Stay with God in the darkness instead of trying to forge your own path out. And the last point number five. The darkness will always give way to the light. The darkness will always give way to the light. No matter how dark the darkness, how long it may seem to last, it will always give way to the light. God's plan is not to keep you in darkness forever, but for an appointed time. Notice back in Isaiah chapter 50 and verse number 4, notice what we read. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. Just as the resurrection followed the crucifixion and the burial of Christ, so does light follow the darkness. We're told in Psalm 112 and verse number 4, it says, Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. We're told also in Psalm 30, verse number 5, For his anger endureth but for a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. The Lord will lead you into the darkness, but he'll also lead you through it. And every moment you spend in the darkness is intentional for the Lord to teach and to train you. Many times he takes us into the darkness because the glare of the world has become too much for us. And we need our eyes adjusted to see him more clear. Notice what we're told in Psalm 139 and verse number 12. Psalm 139 verse 12. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. God sees perfectly in the darkness, and his eyes are always upon you, even while you're in darkness. I heard the story of a little girl whose mother had died. Her first night apart from her mother was extremely difficult. She felt alone in the darkness of her bedroom, unable to fall asleep, And so she left her room to sleep with her father. They tried to get some sleep, but the little girl asked, Daddy, it is so dark. Have you ever seen it so dark? The father said, No, sweetheart. I've never seen it this dark before. Then the little girl, who could not even see her father's face, asked him, Daddy, is your face toward me? Yes, sweetheart. My face is towards you. Daddy, you love me through the darkness, don't you? Yes, sweetheart. Daddy loves you through the darkness. And with that assurance, the little girl drifted off to sleep. Later that night, the father slipped out of bed, fell out on his knees and prayed, Heavenly Father, it is so dark. Is your face toward me? The answer came from heaven. Yes, my child, my face is towards you. Heavenly Father, you love me through the darkness, don't you? Yes, my child, I love you through the darkest night. And with that assurance, the father joined his precious daughter in much-needed sleep. When the lights go out and you find yourself in the dark, 
Ask God to help you learn those lessons that can only be learned in the darkness. And be sure to thank him for staying with you and for loving you through the darkness and for ensuring that the darkness will not be forever, but will indeed eventually give way to the light. Would you bow with me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you, recognizing, Lord, just how much we need you. Lord, we cannot express in words the amount of love and support we get from you and receive from you. But Lord, we are just so, so thankful for all that you do for us. Lord, even for the stretches of darkness that you lead us through. Thank you, Lord, for being faithful to your word and to your promises. Lord, for remaining constant and true in our lives, even when the lights go out. May we be that obedient servant of Isaiah 50, verse 10, fearing you and obeying you no matter the circumstances that we face. Lord, and may we find comfort in knowing that you're always near. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.